Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. Well, actually, I hope our tech is doing well. <laughs> Jeez, we're really, really struggling, but the show must go on. So let's try this one more time with a new camera, and hopefully the internet obeys, or the overlords at YouTube <laughs> who are censoring us. <laughs> All right, so let's go over to Zero Hedge and start by going over the real estate, what I'm calling the real estate industrial complex. They're going to the central planners at the government and they're begging basically for a bailout that they say is going to make housing more affordable for the average Joe and Jane. First thing that comes to my mind, unintended consequences. You're going to see exactly what I'm referring to in just a moment. But let's start by going to this article from Zero Hedge. We see title, existing home sales crash to slowest since 2010. They hit a record low in the West. Now, when we're going through this and it's talking about home sales crashing, I want you to replace sales with demand because what we have to realize is that if supply is at an all-time low and it's very, very close, if prices aren't going straight up, that means that demand is at an equilibrium with supply. And if supply is at an all-time low, then demand is at an all-time low. So when you read home sales crash, you have to also consider that home demand is crashing, okay? So let's look at this first chart where it shows that sales actually fell 4%, 4.1%, excuse me, month over month. That decline left existing home sales down 14.6% year over year. Here's a chart that gives us the visual. And look at this since really, what is it, 2021 or so? It's tough to see my screen. But it is just way below zero, way below zero. It's really incredible, isn't it? And look at all these months that are in the red. I mean, it, it's it's worse really than the Cervasa sickness. It's just staggering. But again, we've got, we've got to understand that this doesn't just represent home sales. It represents demand for homes. Now, here's another chart that shows that uh, the total existing home sales plunged to 3.79, the lowest since the tax credit expired in 2010. Jeez. So I'm guessing that's year over year. Mm, wow. First thing I've got highlighted here, sales fell in three to four regions, three of four regions, while they were unchanged in the Midwest. They hit a record low in the West and, meets, and matched all-time low in the Northeast. And you can see that represented by U.S. home vacancy rate. There's this next chart. And this chart goes all the way back to 1960. Look at this. Absolutely unbelievable. They say, fortunately, mortgage rates have fallen a little bit, which has given the market a, a little bit of a breather. But now let's go over to what they're saying in the Wall Street Journal. They is this real estate industrial complex that I'm referring to that's pretty much going to the government on their knees and just begging, oh, oh my Lord, my Lord, please, please give us a bailout. That's really what they're begging for is a bailout. Because let's think about this. The real estate agents or the real estate industrial complex is saying that this is going to benefit the average Joe and Jane society because their, their plan we're going to get into the, how insane this plan is in just a moment with all these unintended consequences. But they say this is going to increase supply. It's going to bring uh, more affordability. And that's going to benefit the buyers and the sellers somehow. But in reality, you've got to understand that like all of these lobbyist groups, 
that go to the government hat in hand, they don't care about you. They only care about themselves. They just disguise it through this veil of altruism when really it's all about self-interest. The problem is here, there are no solutions. As Thomas Sowell teaches us, there are only trade-offs, right? And I can almost assure you that this plan that we're going to go over, that when you look at the trade-offs, the costs and the benefits is going to be a net negative. The costs are far going to outweigh any type of perceived benefit. I would argue that there would be very few, if any, benefits at all, even to the real estate industrial complex. Oh, actually, this is, an, this is actually funny, Josh. Write this down. This is a story that I wanted to do. Uh, Israel, we're going to get right back to the Wall Street Journal article, but you'll notice Israel and Hamas reached a deal to release 50 civilian women and children held in Gaza. What I'm waiting for, Josh, are all the third wave, third wave feminist groups to protest this because obviously we want equal rights for women, of course. So I think they're going to be definitely opposed to the fact that they're not releasing any men, that they're only releasing women. How dare them, right? Of course, you can hopefully sense the sarcasm in my voice that you never seem to see the women's groups come out and protest against things like this. They always want equal rights, but never when you allow the women to use the safety boats on the Titanic. Or never when you only allow women and children to leave the, the terrorist group. But anyway. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Getting back to off on that tangent. <laughs> okay. Wall Street Journal <laughs> via Market Watch here or Market Watch via Wall Street Journal. It's time for a tax credit for home sellers to prod owners to list their houses, they say. So they're going to the government and begging for this tax credit. Now, let's just use some common sense. The very first thing that's going to happen is in real estate investors are going to go out there and they're going to set up LLCs and they're just going to sell their properties to their other LLCs and then they're going to get the tax credit. <laughs> How does that change anything? It doesn't. Or what's going to happen is I'm going to go out there and buy a bunch of houses and I'm going to sell them to Josh and I'm going to have him just sell them right back to me. Then we're both going to get the tax credit. So how does this even help the National Association of Realtors? The answer is it doesn't because we're going to do that through what they call FISBOs, which is the, um, the uh, for sale by owner. So if it's for sale by owner, it completely eliminates any of the transaction costs. 
right? So you can see that, that this is what it's going it, it, to, it's, it's just a, in reality, in their minds, it's going to be a boon. It's just this boondoggle, right? But they're, I don't even think they realize that based on the incentives that they're trying to create, they're not even going to get a benefit, but it gets worse. Let's look at what I've highlighted here. Homeowners in the U.S. aren't putting their properties up for sale uh, in part because they're locked into fixed rate mortgages. Okay, we've all heard this narrative. That's helping perpetuate the housing shortage, which keeps prices elevated and hurts realtors. Okay, so here's when the truth comes out and hurts realtors and other players in the real estate industry or real estate industrial complex who benefit from high transaction volumes. They don't benefit for what's best for the average Joe and Jane or what the free market would produce. The proposed tax credit would be temporary and aimed to encourage long-term tenure owners of single-family homes to sell their home to an, an owner-occupant. Right, right. We, this is just complete nonsense. You notice the wording that they're using is an owner-occupant, and they're avoiding talking about real estate investors because they know darn well what's going to happen. They know darn well that people like, like Kenny McElroy, as an example, are going to see this. They're going to be like, it's a no-brainer. I can get all these tax credits. I can just shuffle the houses around from this entity to that entity to this entity to that entity. And it's just the right hand buying from the left hand and the left hand selling to the right hand. It's just, it's just complete insanity. But here's the kicker, guys. This is how it impacts you, the viewer watching. Remember in the first story how we talked about the equilibrium between supply and demand. That's why prices aren't skyrocketing. So if supply is at an all-time low, the transactions that are at an all-time low, by definition, demand is also at an all-time low. And let's just assume for a moment that there's usually about 1.5 million homes for sale at any given time. Right about now, let's say we've got 500, 600,000. I mean, less than half of what we usually have. But according to their report, I'm reading from the article, adding that one study estimated the approach could bring as many as 640,000 homes to market. Okay, well, let's think that through. Right now, if we've got 500,000 and there's demand for 500,000, what happens if you dump 640,000 homes onto the market? What happens to nominal prices? They would absolutely crash. Now, this assumes that it would play out the way they want. This assumes that the people, the real estate investors, wouldn't take advantage of those incentives and that, to their point, long tenured owners would sell to owner occupants. <laughs> I love how specific they are in that wording to divert the attention away from what would really happen with the real estate investors. But let's just say that that's how it played out. Nominal prices would completely collapse because you're adding double the supply that we already have, but yet demand would stay the same until prices came down to a level that made houses af affordable to the point where demand would pick back up. But the first thing that would have to happen there is nominal prices would have to absolutely crash. So again, the main takeaway here is to understand that it's not just central planning and big governments. Like, we, like they talked about in Atlas Shrugged, whenever you have these big lobbyist groups that are able to leverage the power that we have given the central planners and the government you're going to end up with these unintended consequences that negatively or disproportionately negatively impact the poor and middle class. And, that, and that's if we do a cost-benefit analysis that assumes that there's even benefits 
like I said at the beginning. But if you look at this, I would argue that there's probably not even going to be a benefit to the real estate industrial complex. It's just going to be, it's not even a cost benefit analysis. It's a cost cost <laughs> analysis. And this is something that you could see them push through because the politicians want to pander to this lobbyist group and their constituents in the real estate industrial complex. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. I want to remind everyone that we've got a sale. Tickets, Rebel Capitalist Live, Thanksgiving special. We have a discount. You can check them out at rebelcapitalistlive.com. It lasts through this Friday. So if you want to check out the speakers we have lined up, some of the past speakers, get those tickets. You can do that at rebelcapitalistlive.com. We'll see you on the next video, and I will see you at Rebel Capitalist Live in Orlando 2024.